Blog Talk Radio.
the retrograde Mercury in Pisces is not helping that. On the other hand, what it's amazingly good for would be all kinds of imaginative fiction, fantasy-based writing, um, television, media, meditation, yoga, anything where we're really going to be uh, taking ourselves um, out of the the literal mainstream uh, experience <clears throat> is what uh, the retrograde Mercury will actually be good for. Because in Pisces, it takes us into a psychic other world. So Mars is also still retrograde in Virgo. <clears throat> We're feeling very lucky, actually. I'm feeling very lucky that uh, Mercury is not actually going to retrograde back far enough to be in opposition to the retrograde Mars because they're going to still pretty much be distant from each other. That would create tremendous amount of confusion and contracts and there would be an awful time to sign anything. Uh, Mars is retrograde in Virgo, though, and as I said a few weeks ago, and I'm still observing it, it has to do really with cleaning house. So if you're if you're feeling like you're you know really wanting to get in there and uh, and see what it is that you've been doing, what your daily routine looks like, now is an absolutely fabulous time because after April 13th, if you've established a new routine, it should be able to be more grounded in stone. Virgo, haha, Earth sign grounded in stone. Um, the Moon right now. Uh, is working on a waxing square. It's just gone into Cancer, and we know the sun is in Aries. Happy birthday to the Aries people. And a few hours from now, actually, it's going to be square to, the moon will be square to the sun. So um, this is a a, a more tense uh, experience between what it is that we need to nurture and our own sense of individuality. Sometimes it's... um, the conflict between, oh, I need to take care of these things. I feel like I need to care for, but who's caring for me? Sometimes it can really be like, wow, do I have anything to care for, or do I only care about myself? There are several ways that this particular moon square can manifest. I think it's definitely worth taking a look at which part of that you might fit into. So, and Pluto tonight's planet of topic is in Capricorn and uh, has been for a couple of years now but has moved into the ninth degree of Capricorn Um, quite interesting I think that uh, you know it's really moving forward because 10 degrees it it feels like it's moving so slowly but it's in the ninth degree and there's only 30 degrees so Pluto's already almost a third of the way through Capricorn it's quite a big deal for uh, astrologers because it's becoming more deeply embedded into the breakdown of the hierarchy the the political religious institutional structures that dominate us um, much like for a few years back when uh, we saw Pluto in Sagittarius Sagittarius rules religion we saw Pluto definitely do a number on certain religious groups and churches and it exposed certain kinds of hypocrisies within the church and within religious doctrine um, in Capricorn where it is now it's going to do the same thing Pluto rules break down uh, breakdown meaning, you know, uh, like the way that something would break down like a tree if it fell into the woods, not break down like your car would break down. Pluto rules uh, 
break down like digestion, break down like turning something into its uh, basic components because Pluto rules death, the idea of death or letting go, not necessarily literally dying, but for instance, like if you had a glass or a cup on the table and you hit it and you knocked it off, as it flew off the end of the table and was heading down to the floor, that is Pluto because that cup is going to effectively die. It's going to be lost. It's going to break down. It's going to fall apart into its pieces. And so um, Pluto is the ruler of, of those aspects. And in Capricorn, where it is right now, um, Capricorn rules the patriarchy. It rules the, you know, the overriding authorities in society. And, uh, you know, we still have quite a few more years, at least 10, with uh, Pluto and Capricorn. And you'll see that what we're experiencing, like with um, the uh, Occupy Wall Street movement and the other things that have happened in the Arab countries in the last year and the that the rise of the individual, which is Uranus in Aries, is in conflict to Pluto and Capricorn. Yet people who are being born right now with Pluto and Capricorn, uh, as they grow older, you know, right now we're talking about children have Pluto and Capricorn. As they grow older, they are going to be the ones that are actually going to really move forward with a new uh, a new idea about authority and the overriding structure. I want to remind everybody it's a, it's a live reading show and that you can call in to 213-943-3395. I'll be happy to look at your chart. Um, Pluto's a really big energy, you know, and at some level it's a very dark, heavy, you know, the underworld. It rules the underworld where it rules all wealth, <laughs> because all the diamonds and gold and precious metals and oil and everything are found under the ground. And so all of those things were originally given to the realm of Pluto. And But Pluto's domain classically has to do with the idea of the dead and the souls of the dead. And a long time ago, this underground place wasn't thought of as the traditional idea that we think of as hell, because there was no no hell. You all, Everybody who died went to um, you know, this underworld place, Hades, I guess, was called in in Greek mythology. And um, Pluto was down there with a bunch of other judges that he had. And in Hades, there was a place where the good souls went. It was called Elysium, Elysium Fields. And um, it was like a very happy place where there was an illusion, I guess, of the sky and music and grass and rivers. And the souls were able to enjoy a sort of idyllic setting in, in that environment. And then the place where the bad souls went was Tartarus, and it was the fiery pit that we've come to associate with hell. But this underworld place, Hades, was actually both. And the traditional idea now of heaven and hell was taken from that, that heaven is a place where you're sitting around on the banks of a lovely, you know, flowing, sunshiny day, always eating peeled grapes. And um, hell is a place where you go to, you know, burn forever and ever in the darkness or something. This is the, both of these things were actually in the underworld in uh, in the old mythological. And um, it's uh I think it's interesting to note that it was, you know, years later that Christianity and Judaism, Judaism not really because Judaism doesn't really traditionally have the idea of hell 
that Christianity split those two places apart rather than having all souls go to be judged in one place, somehow, mysteriously, you know, your good soul goes to heaven and your bad soul doesn't. So, you know, I think it's worth noting that the old mythology says that we were judged in one place collectively, and from there we were dispatched to um, to nirvana or to... Um, of an uncomfortable place of beingness. I was going to take a minute to, uh, because we're talking about um, the um, the ninth degree of Capricorn, and I wanted to just look at the the Sabian symbols. Um, Dr. Mark Edmund Jones, many years ago, wrote a book called The Sabian Symbols, which is a very popular um, book uh, when you're getting into more advanced astrology. And... Um, Interestingly, the um, the keyword for uh, Capricorn is a bird feeding from the hand, and it is the keyword is nurturing, which is interesting to me because that's uh, that would be the degree that Pluto is at right now. So when you think of the Plutonic force in this degree, you think about the the way in which nurturing comes across as transformational, how nurturing can transform us and connects absolutely with the fact that the moon is in cancer because that's the ruling sign of the moon tonight and that is the most nurturing moon. So if we're working on nurturing things, nurturing a relationship, nurturing friendships, uh, nurturing family relationships, nurturing our own health, uh, this is an excellent time to um, connect with the transformational energy, what needs to be let go of in order to be able to nurture uh, properly and sufficiently or, you know, with, with, with good energy. So um, Pluto is a, a very complex energy. It rules the deepest part of our psyche because in, as a part of the underworld energy, uh, when we apply it to the individual, we're going to see that it rules things that are not always in the conscious. It rules subconscious forces, things that are below the surface. And some of those things are actually very powerful and can be quite hidden from us. I think for a lot of people, sometimes those energies can be quite frightening. And um, we, you know, we need to observe that shadow side of our personality in order to be able to become more connected with it and the energy that it represents. Shadow side is um, uh, customarily thought of as, you know, negative or dark. And, in fact, a lot of the shadow qualities we don't really want to act out on. And yet they're a part of our power. So since they're in the hidden, deeper part of our psyche, if we become clear, they do have a transposed or um, more positive energy that's on the opposite side of the shadow self. And so we have to figure out how can we transform through nurturing ourselves the shadow into the light. So um, Pluto, because of those darker qualities, rules things like obsession and... Um, you know, Pluto himself, he came above ground and he actually kidnapped Persephone and took her below ground. That was his, you know, queen of the underworld. But it was a very obsessed 
uh, almost kind of aggressive act that, that, that came from that shadow aspect. And I think in the mythology, what we're really looking at is what our shadow qualities are, shadow qualities of lust, fear, anger, greed. All of those things are part of what's hidden in the deeper part of our psyche. For for people, you know, generally now I think we're we're learning also about our goodness. Sometimes some of the most positive, powerful aspects of our personality are hidden in the shadow of our psyche, deeply embedded in a place that makes it difficult to get to. Sometimes uh, abilities that we might have to heal, um, to read, to to offer assistance, to do art in fact, uh, artistic ability. So many of these qualities lie latent because they're in the deep part of the psyche. They're hidden powers that we're not uncovering because we're actually afraid of them. Uh, The basic idea behind the Pluto energy in a Pluto transit or Pluto in our charts is that it rules death and rebirth. uh, We can't forget that Pluto is transformation, and even though something must be lost, in a sense, in the transformation, that has to do with what we start with, and then, you know, it turns into something else. I mean, it can be as simple as... If you open up your cupboard and you have a five-pound bag of flour and you take three cups of flour out of there to make a cake, you lose three cups of flour. That actually disappears from your cupboard, and so there's a loss of three cups of flour, but what you get is a cake. So you become an agent of transformation, and in our lives, we're doing this constantly, Constantly, we, we, we have things socially embedded into the way in which we age. For instance, we all graduate from high school, or you know, most of us do, and some of us go on to jobs or go on to college or whatever, but the high school self basically must be lost in order to be able to be the self that goes to college or the one that gets a job. And so the transformative process of Pluto is the one where, yes, we cry at graduation, we cry for the loss of things, but it's always turning into something new on the other side because it's a general law of physics that nothing can actually be destroyed. The energy of one thing must be turned into the energy of the next. So regeneration, this is another part of Pluto. And um, letting go, which I think I want to talk about a little bit in depth here, letting go is a um, <clears throat> is a very um, complex experience that has to do with our ego, attachment, and our ability to move on that letting go is first needing to be identified with what needs to be let go. Last week we talked about Neptune. Neptune rules the hanged man. The hanged man is the 12th card in the major arcana. When we are suspended in you know the hanged man position, remember it's not the hanged man by the neck. He's hanging upside down like Odin um, from a tree upside down so that there's a surrender That's the idea behind the hangman card. There's a surrender, like a surrender in Neptune to the higher power, to the higher calling. We find out what it is is that needs to be let go of in order for us to be able to move on to the next step. So 
taking a look at um, what needs to be let go of is is a very important step in being able to let it go. And, you know, that's not just some kind of redundant or cliche thing for me to say. I think that finding out what needs to be let go of um, is, is, is not easy in itself. Um, you know, we, we, we go along, people are in a rut a lot, you know, that they're, they don't know how to change. They don't know how to create something new for themselves. They don't know how to move on to the next. They want it, want it, want it, but they have no idea what needs to be let go of. So the hangman functions there and it says, well, you're just going to be stuck in the same spot until you figure it out. Because when you figure out what needs to be let go of, then you're going to need to let it go. That's why death is key 13, which is the which is the card right after 12. So the spiritual essence of the tarot um, it represents the idea that we have to figure out why we're in a stationary place, why, what it is we need to let go of in order to be able to move forward, and then we need to let it go. Okay. So letting go involves attachment, right? Okay, so we might realize what we need to let go of, but it becomes very difficult to let it go. We have to think on a number of different things in order to be able to say, well, this thing no longer serves me, so I need to be able to let this go. If we're looking to lose weight, right, that or, or stop smoking or create more money in our lives or whatever, whatever the process is, even if it's something like go back to school, the 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 idea is that, well, if you haven't been going back to school, uh, you're going to have to apply, let's say. So one of the things that you would have to realize you need to let go of is that you haven't been applying. So the idea, well, okay, so I haven't been dieting, so that's why I'm not losing weight. I want to be able to let go of this weight. What I need to do is diet at some level or exercise or a combination of both or whatever. I'm just giving examples. And the the transformational process is, well, how do I let go of the diet that I have right now? Or how do I let go of the fact that I don't have an exercise program? I'm very attached to that. I don't have an exercise program. Why in the world would I want to let go of that? Right, and the the answer is because you want the transformational destination, you want the um, the outcome. What in what the letting go is going to actually become? This the transformational destination is the thinner self, the wealthier self, the less habitual self, the less angry self, whatever it is that you're really looking for. You have to become more clear, more aware that there are things that you need to let go of in order to be able to achieve that. That's what stands in your way, right? I think a personal trainer told me a long time ago, you can be thinner or you can eat chocolate cake. There's no judgment about either one, but you can't really eat too much chocolate cake and be thinner. So the sacrifice, the letting go, has to be the one thing that you might be holding on to, a part of your diet or rewards or whatever it is that you're looking at in particular. I would like to also segue the conversation over to relationships because that's also a very difficult thing for people. You know, how do you know when to let go of a relationship? a relationship that's not serving you. I think when we are in a relationship in that rut phase, that more Neptunian phase, we absolutely know. We absolutely know that 
something needs to be let go of because the relationship doesn't feel right, we're not happy. That's part of it, right? We're not happy within the relationship, then something needs to be let go of. Is it something that's inside the relationship, or is it the relationship itself? That takes time sometimes to figure out, but once we know that there needs to be a change, we can continue to explore what that change is. Once we come up with the idea that it's actually the relationship itself this person is not really going to be capable of offering me what I need for my happiness, then it's time to be able to let go of the attachment. It's very human, very human. Remember, this is why Pluto rules obsession, because there's a certain kind of fanaticism in the attachment that comes with the idea of letting go. Letting go and being confronted with letting go can make us cling even more tightly because we don't want to let go because death is painful. So as we move through experiences of going from one state to another, transformational energy form, you know, heavier to thinner, poorer to wealthier, single to married, married to single, whatever it is that we're leaving behind, there's some quantity of sadness connected with that and it reminds me of the fact that Pluto the symbol the circle over the crescent over the cross is actually seen in the moon card in the tarot which is a very dark card because it's where things are very unclear and very difficult and very um, obscure and cloudy and the moon card you think things are clear the light seems to be shining but if you look more deeply at the at what's really going on behind the scenes in the moon card you find out that really the road is just going around curves and you don't really see what's around the curve the the two symbols that are at the gate are mercury which is the communicator and pluto which is the ability to transform. So the only way to move through the moon and come out into the light, the the the, the um, spiritual process, which stands for like illusions and burning off illusions, the moon card, Pluto has to even be a part of that because we have to burn off our obsession, our fantasy, our attachment with something that may or may not be real. Interestingly, what I want to do in the middle here is I want to go back and play Nick Drake's Pink Moon as we're talking about the moon card. Stay with me. I'm going to be right back, and we're going to do more live readings, uh, 213-943-3395. This is Dr. Craig Martin, and you're listening to The Inside Connection.
Um, everything okay with them? Uh, except for one. Uh-huh. And, he, and he went through a bone marrow transplant. He went through a bone, yeah. So I see because Pluto is in your fifth house, and it's the house of children. And so there's something very emotional and very intense that's concerning you about one of your children. Um, are you are you married or with someone right now? Um, no, not no, with uh, anyone right now. Did you recently have to end a relationship? Yeah. Yeah. So part of, again, your your age and the transition that you're in right now is what's called the Pluto Square. You were born with Pluto in Libra. Right now Pluto is in Capricorn. That's not an easy angle. And since Libra rules relationships, normally I've been seeing that the Pluto Square, people who are uh, in their late 30s, they're having some issues with relationships and hanging on to them. At the very least, there's a lot of um, transformation that's having to go go in relationships. But let's talk a little bit about career. Are you working? Um, No. No? Do you want to be working? Uh, I'll be be working with my uh, youngest son doing in-home supportive service for him. Uh Uh-huh. He's been sick. Yeah. Yeah. Um, The... um, Just because, you know, Jupiter in the 10th house, which is what you have right now, represents some money coming in for you. And even if it isn't, maybe it it has to do with, um, you know, like supportive social service money or money that he's able to get uh, based on what it is he's going through. I see some money coming into your house um, through some method it's not really exactly clear what method but there is some money coming into the house uh, maybe it doesn't feel like right now but it's definitely going to be by may i know it's a couple of more months but that's when jupiter is going to go into your 10th house okay mm. do you see when relationships going to pick up because uh, the, the guy that i just broke up with i think he's trying to win me back yeah are you interested in that? Mm, yeah, there's a possibility, yeah. There's a possibility of that? Well, yeah. yeah, I'm not totally recommending that. I think it's probably smarter for you to go find someone new. Um, why did that relationship end? Uh, we're uh, separating right now, and he's uh, incarcerated. Uh-huh. So are you, you know, wanting to continue to have a relationship with him? Or is is it possible for you to end this relationship with him? Or are you feeling like it's too difficult to do? Um, I'm just uh, separating from him right now to see what he will do when he gets out. Right. But that. But in the meantime, doesn't it give you an yep. opportunity to meet someone else? To move forward, yeah. Uh-huh, yeah. Yeah, That's what I think I see more as your option with Neptune. You have Neptune in the 7th, and Mm -hmm. you have to be very careful about getting involved with people that you think that you can save. You know, you have that in your chart. You're very romantic, and Mm -hmm. Venus in the 12th house is a very romantic woman, and you have a lot of romantic fantasy ideas about relationships, but... It's much better for you to get involved with somebody that has the spiritual interests that you do. Do you go to church? Um, no. No? Do you have any no, interest in that? 
Um, but I guess after once my son gets better, I know that he's okay. Uh huh. Well, okay. So I have something interesting to tell you that I think is really important for you to hear, and that mm-hmm. is that sometimes people do these types of things. They say, "Once my son gets better, then I'll go to church." But maybe the answer for you is go to church and then your son will get better. In other words, mm-hmm. maybe you should be putting the cart, you know, behind the horse. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that there's a direct correlation there, but but I and I'd never send anybody to church. It's not like something, but I feel it from you. You know, I feel that there's a spirituality about you and a spiritual um something that you could learn. It doesn't matter which church you go to. It's just a place where I feel like you can feel like you're at home in a certain community or, you know, are you 24/7 with your son? 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, you can never leave his side? Um well, right no, no, I'm not uh, cuz I'm visiting him in 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 the hospital and I have my other kids here. Right. So I think there is a possibility for you to go and find spiritual community, and that's what I'm going to make a recommendation for you right now. If you're interested in broadening your your relationships and you're interested in really helping yourself right now, Tasha, what I see is some activation of that Sagittarius part of your chart. You know, you really have a strong uh, Sagittarius part of your chart, which is spirituality, connection to a higher power, higher truth. You know, you want to be able to bring that energy back into your home. And that's what I'm going to leave you with tonight, okay? Okay. Are you good? Uh Uh-huh, yes. Okay, hon. Thanks for calling into the show. Have have you been listening? Yeah, uh uh-huh. Okay, great. Um, I'm happy to see you there, and thanks for calling in. Was there anything else you wanted to know? Um, no, that's about it. Yeah, it's a lot. I mean, you have a lot going on, you know. You have a lot yeah. going on. And, um, you know, I feel I feel like actually for you to, it's not about going and becoming religious, Tasha. It's not mm-hmm. about going and becoming religious or getting involved with any kind of religious group. It's about community. And I really mm-hmm. feel like that's something that's important to you and something that could be really helpful to you. Okay. Okay? Okay. Thanks for calling into my show. So, um, you know, that was actually a really good caller, and I'm always happy to have someone call in. I've seen her in the chat room now, and she's been hanging out here with me for the for the, for the the show, and I really appreciate that. Tasha, thanks for calling. Um Sometimes in life we have, I think, profound struggles. And we listen to um, what she has going on with her son and uh, the energy that she must be up against with other kids and uh, maybe dealing with a relationship where there's a separation because there's been some loss of trust or some energy. And Tasha is actually, you know, a cancer. She's a very maternal, very um, concerned with other people. And I think the theme there for really looking at, for her and for all of us, is 
when we're nurturing, when we're caretakers, how can we draw the line? How can we draw the line and be able to say, no, I can't do this right now. I can't continue to take care of you or I can't continue to take care of this specific person. And we're not talking about her son because there she had to prioritize him. She was certainly going to take care of her son. But how to take care of maybe like a man who's not acting like a grown-up, she has to be able to say, like, "Uh uh-uh, I got so much going on, I have to create some distance from you. And there's a lot of bravery in that choice. There's a lot of bravery in being able to say, this isn't really what's working for me right now. I need to be able to move on from this and let you go. Again, that's the Pluto energy. And in her chart, It was a Pluto square Pluto transit that actually changed the relationship. So Pluto itself rules all of these different things like secrets and the darkness and unseen forces and the underworld. And it often can represent, because of the regeneration and the the rebirth process, it often can represent an epiphany that occurs after many, many months or even years of trial, you know, where somebody is has difficulties and um, they, they work tremendously hard uh, to struggle and then finally have a breakthrough where they create a real, where a realization occurs. A realization occurs for them through the struggle because, Life's truly not easy, but the whole point of it is for us to learn something between one end and the other, between the time we're born and the time we die. Uh, You know, what we hope is that we're going to actually have learned something about ourselves, about our own personal truth. And the Pluto energy is a really uh, powerful, large part of that. Like I said in the beginning, my personal connection with it is very clear because I'm a Scorpio, and Scorpio is ruled by Pluto. The ruling planet is Pluto. So that energy of transformation, I think, is very close to home because I have seen, you know, um, you know, actually lost people and know the idea behind letting go because... In the end, we must, you know, when when God calls us and says, you know, this is no longer serving you, today is the day when you're going to let this thing go, whatever it is, then resisting that is, you know, uh, resisting letting go creates so much more pain. You know, when talking spirituality about the, the the different faces of letting go and that one face of it is clinging and the other face is sort of letting go and clinging makes the death more painful. Um, and it's one of our natural tendencies is to say like, oh my God, I need to hold on to this thing because, you know, I don't want to let it go. And yet then it makes letting it go all the more difficult than if we just aligned with the truth of transformation and allowed something to um, transform in our lives and be able to go from one one state to another. Um, the Scorpio energy, right? The Scorpio energy is very intense, very intuitive. Pluto is really all about these things. 
So I think um, pretty much that's uh, that's my show for tonight. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to be leaving you tonight with an awesome tune called Shaken All Over by Wanda Jackson. Thanks for joining me tonight on The Inside Connection. I'll see you next Thursday at 8 p.m. Pacific. Uh-huh.